Welcome to the Active Investor Show. This is Chris Kumi, your business godfather. I've worked with businesses for over three decades as a business attorney, business consultant, and business owner. My mission is to help you get more out of your business, your assets, and your life. The Active Investor Show is dedicated to helping people thrive in this you're-on-your-own world we currently live in. A big part of thriving in this environment is just making more than you make. And as business owners, you know the key is to have multiple streams of income coming in. But one of the things I know of working with business owners, they don't spend as much time around this as they should. And there's a number of business owners that I know that put money into passive financial investments. And the passive financial investment world is not the best place for you to put your money. And very simply, in the current environment, in this time of revolutionary change, you need to do some revolutionary changes if you're turning your money over to the passive investment folks, particularly in the time where you know the passive financial investment folks, the first thing they did was when Trump came in office was asked him to get rid of the requirement that they look after the best interests of their clients. And it's absolutely insane that you would turn your money over to someone who's basically telling you he doesn't want to look after your best interests, wants to charge you a lot of money, and doesn't want to be held accountable to your profits and your success. So it makes so little sense to turn money over to the passive financial investment folks. However, I know there's people that keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And so part of this show is to help you see some of the possibilities and, and tap into, you know, you, your skills that you've already demonstrated in some aspects of your life, but to, to use it so that you can use your assets more effectively and to help you make more than you make in the current environment. Now, I know a lot of people have been really excited about the Trump administration coming in and looking at it as potential for growth. And, you know, they've been floating ideas out there about changing the tax code and fundamentally attacking what's been, you know, how things are structured now, which for business owners should be a pretty good deal because, you know, the highest taxed person right now is someone who owns a business, not an employee, not a retiree, someone who owns a business pays more taxes for each dollar than anyone else. And so there's, there's definitely been an assault on business owners. And so some of the things that are being proposed are, you know, pretty attractive for business owners. In fact, some of the things have never even been talked about before. And so there are some potential good things coming. And so there's, there's some op reason for optimism, right? Some, you know, sunshine, lollipops, good times. However, one of the problems is that all this optimism is based on Congress actually getting something done. And that's what gives me pause, you know, because people right out of the gate have been excited. The market's been going up and, you know, they assume that Congress is going to be able to pass tax reform. However, there's really nothing that Congress has shown us that they've been able to get anything done. So that's kind of how I want to temper myself as I'm looking at this. You know, if, if the tax reform goes through, there's definitely some good potential there. However, there's definitely cause for concern because I'm relying on these folks that have proven over and over again that they, they're incompetent and can't get anything done. So there's this balance of, you know, with cutting taxes, with adding money for infrastructure, how is that going to impact the long-term deficit? And that's part of where the tension comes in. But what it really comes down to is, 
you know, guys trying to retain retain money for their home folks. And I think there's definitely some you know, revolutionary potential changes coming in. And there's a lot of people that get a lot of money from the government that aren't going to be so happy about it. And so I just don't know what kind of, you know, intestinal fortitude Congress has to actually make the revolutionary change. However, I'm going to go over a couple of things that are really striking with the proposed taxes. And I'll tell you, the, the number one thing that has never been talked about before when they've talked about changing the corporate tax structure. And so that's something that people like to talk about because it's, you know, it's a separate tax system and corporations are treated differently than people. It used to be that corporations were preferred, then people were preferred. Then, you know, at this point, it's kind of a, a mixed bag, kind of a wash. However, one of the things they've talked about is not just approaching your traditional corporation, your C corporation, and it, what they're looking at is providing these same tax cuts and tax benefits to all pass-through companies, whether it's an S corporation or an LLC or a partnership. And that's the part of this that is truly revolutionary and will provide great benefit to us as active investors. Because, you know, one of the things that this administration has made perfectly clear is that we are on our own. You know, we're responsible for our income. We're responsible for our future income. We're responsible for our health care. We're responsible for our own well-being. And for me, that's how I've structured my life. So I'm totally okay with that. However, it's definitely going to be a shock to the system. But, you know, I'll tell you, the number one benefit, though, is this idea of treating pass-through entities the same as corporations and giving tax breaks to individual business owners. And I think that's, that's where we're going to see an incredible benefit for us. But then what we've got to do with this extra money, we've got to be able to use it in a productive fashion. And that's what the Active Investor program is about. So at theactiveinvestor.us, we talk about how we can use that money more effectively and how we can start positioning ourselves to get the most out of our assets. You know, part of what makes that proposal so revolutionary is that it's never been talked about in those terms. And so you know, the people that write about it, the people that talk about it, act as if these, you know, C, the traditional C corporations are the drivers of business. The reality is they make up an incredibly small percentage of actual corporations and an even smaller percentage of new corporations. And basically, if you're not a publicly traded company, you know, there's very few benefits to being what's called a closely held C corporation. Now, there, there may be, you know, if the, you know, if tax cuts go through, it, it used to be the only real reason why you'd want to be a C corporation is if you wanted to defer as much income as possible as an owner of the business. And because, you know, every company has the ability to do some basic deferrals, really up, you know, 15% of what folks make, 25% of what folks make. So there's, there's some programs in place that every business can take advantage of. With C corporations, you can really, you know, put a whole bunch more money away on a deferral basis. So if, you're, if you've been in a high cash business, there may be a reason why you'd want to be a C corporation. There's also some other programs you can do, like you know the, the employee stock option plan, the ASOP, which is an incredibly tax-preferred way for you to cash out of your business by basically selling it to your employees. So 
There's some reasons why you'd want to be a C corporation, but most of those reasons either don't apply because whenever I had a client that came in and said, you know, I'm interested in getting some benefits and maximize my benefits. And then when I told them that, you know, how much they could get with, you know, an S corporation or an LLC, they're like, oh yeah, that's plenty. I'm not going to do more than that. So very few people actually wanted to get those maximum deferrals from the C corporation. And then there's the you know, the other side is, you know, people just didn't want, you know, they weren't looking ahead that they're going to, you know, sell their, sell their company to their employees. And so really the C corporation is almost, it's kind of antiquated, not something that a lot of people use. But most people do use a pass-through entity. And, you know, S corporations have been highly preferred for service providers. You know, LLCs give you flexibility. So there, there's... These entities have really taken off over the last 30 years, and the pass-through has been, basically, it's most everybody in business has some level of a pass-through. And the revolutionary part of this is by applying the corporate tax rates to those entities, then all of a sudden, the companies that provide most of the jobs, the companies that provide most of the innovation, the companies that are actually making an impact, instead of being treated in the in the worst way by a tax system will start getting treated with some benefits and the key to make this work for you is that you've got to take the excess money and take your savings and put it to good use and as an active investor you know what we want to do is be looking for growing business models and talking about how can we find better places to use that money more effectively so number one that's a great benefit of the proposed taxes um, that would really help all of us as business owners. Now, the next benefit is something that I think for most small businesses won't have too much of an impact on, but will have potential impact for the larger companies. And this is basically the, the expensing of things that were treated as capital expenses in the current tax regime. And, you know, for small businesses, We've had the ability to expense a portion of capital expenses under the, what's called the Section 179 deduction. And it used to be relatively small, you know, maybe $10,000. And then they increased it pretty significantly, which for most small businesses allowed you to expense most of your capital costs, most of your you know, computers and stuff like that. However, you know, one of the, the keys to the proposals out there is that they're going to start, you know, reducing, you know, make, make it so that you can expense everything. And so you don't have to worry about depreciation, amortization, and capitalizing costs. But basically, you're going to be able to take them off as a current, a current expense. So basically, it's, what it's doing is moving people away from accrual accounting into what's called cash-based accounting. And it certainly simplifies things, but it also gives companies an incentive to invest. It gives them kind of maintains the cash flow as they're investing in new equipment, new plants. And, you know, it, it can have a pretty significant impact on, you know, the, the bottom line for companies. So definitely there's some benefits there. And so that's something that we want to be interested in, excited in, and maybe very helpful to your particular business. Now, those are two of the good things. Now, one, one of the changes that's being proposed is that companies will not be able to deduct interest payments. 
And so if you are a heavily indebted company, then you may need to review your business model. Basically, from what, I, what, what they've said is that this will only apply to new debt. However, we don't know how it's really going to play out. But in theory, that if you have current debt, it may not impact you. You may still be able to deduct your current interest. But as, you, as those debts mature, if you're not paying them off, you're going to be at a disadvantage because you're going to have to pay your interest off, pay it off with your capital, and pay it out, and also pay taxes on both your capital and the interest. So there's, a, there's definitely a, some negatives that could come out of this tax reform as well. And the idea is, you know, if you're going to build tax reform, you got, there's always going to be some winners and there's going to be some losers. And so what we want to do is as this progresses, or if this progresses, because we don't really know if Congress is going to get their act together, if this progresses, you know, we want to keep our eye on the benefits, but we also want to see what are the changes and how are they going to impact us and how are they going to impact the capital that we have available as active investors. Because the inability to deduct the interest may change how you might invest in, say, a startup. And so, you know, a lot of people use convertible debt and, you know, they get interest payments as well as some return of capital potentially. Well, those in- if those interest payments aren't deductible, that may not be a structure that people are going to continue to use. So it's something that may have an impact to you as an active investor. So we want to keep our eye on the tax reform as it's going through. It's, in a, it's the reason why people should be optimistic is that tax reform will come, come forward. Now, the current budget is set through, you have a continuing re- resolution through April. But basically, they're going to have to get their act together between now and April and make sure that there's some, some budget in place for 2017. Otherwise, we're not going to get any benefits from this until 2018. And if that happens, then by then, I think the bloom will be off the rose and a lot of the optimism will have been beaten down. And so there's definitely things that we need to be aware of as active investors. This matters a lot to the optimism that's out there. And if tax reform does not go through this year, then we're going to be in for some rocky times in the economy, but more importantly, rocky times in the mood of our customers and folks that have money in the markets. Hey, I'm excited that Friday, February 24th, we're having a special event, folks, on active investing in Trump's new world. And I'm going to go through how, how the Trump's current policies, proposed policies, can potentially impact the market, but more importantly, also take a look at what's actually happened in the markets since November, what's happened since the election, and where do the markets think that things are going to go. And there's major things we're going to look at related to how the, you know, the strength of the dollar, international trade, globalization, and where there's opportunities for us to make money. Because there's revolutionary change going on, And with any revolution, if you keep doing the same thing that you've been doing, you're probably going to suffer the consequences. And so in the Active Investing in Trump's New World seminar, we're going to go through how we can start positioning ourselves to get on the right side of the trade and take advantage of these trades. So the session is in Tyson's Corner. It's available at Eventbrite. So go eventbrite.com, put in Trump Active Investing, You'll be able to register for it, 
And for those of you who are members of ActiveInvestor.us, we have a special code where you can save 80% on the tuition for that program. And so for most folks, you'll pay $500 for the session, starts at 10 a.m., goes through 2 o'clock, lunch is included, refreshments are included. However, if you're a member of the Active Investor community, you'll save 80% by entering secret code AI as your promo code at Eventbrite. And that'll give you reduced or reduced tuition, um, but also give you the same insights and the same activities that are available to folks at the Trump Active Investing Workshop. So I'm looking forward to seeing you there. And you can also go to activeinvestor.us to get more information. But for those who are interested, this is something based on demand. You know, people keep asking me. The number one question I've heard is, how is Trump going to impact the markets? How is Trump going to impact active investing opportunities? And that was really the inspiration for the program. And in the program, we'll get into what's been happening in the markets, what people are anticipating. And what, part of the thing is I think most people have been way too relaxed about the change because what Trump is, represents is a fundamental difference in the relationship of the U.S. government to its citizens as well as the U.S. government to other actors internationally. And it's going to have major impact in the strength of the dollar. It's going to have major impact on interest rates major impact on things that we haven't had to worry about for quite some time now. And through this change, if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to be negatively impacted. At the same time, if we understand what's happening and we can take calculated, calculated risks and make sure that we're on the right side of these trades, we're going to be much better off. So take advantage of the special program, Active Investing in Trump's New World. You can go to activeinvestor.us or go to Eventbrite and type in Trump Active Investor in the D.C. area. It's Tyson's Corner on Friday, February 24th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. I look forward to seeing you there. And one of the areas we're really going to address at the Active Investing in Trump's New World is taking a look at U.S. debt and interest rates and what's going on in those markets. Because it's incredible how lucky we've been. You know, back in 2008, 2009, you know, the financial system was collapsing and there was a major intervention. And basically, we, we created trillions of dollars of assets. And, you know, one of the things that people kept saying in 2008, 2009 is with the creation of all these financial assets is going to cause inflation. And everyone was worried. And what happened was there was no inflation. And part of it was it was a massive deflationary event. But also a lot of these assets that were created were, came on the, basically the balance sheet of financial institutions, balance sheet of the Fed. But also another part of it was because the U.S. was supporting the global trade system, because the U.S. had created this, you know, unipolar world focused on, you know, America, you know, making sure that people played fairly in global trade, that others out there basically agreed to support our economy by buying our debt. And so... During this time, China became the number one holder of U.S.-issued debt. Japan continued to buy massive amounts 
of U.S.-issued debt. And other countries that relied on the international trade system bought U.S. US interest, uh, interest-bearing notes that basically made it so that our interest rates stayed incredibly low in a time where basic economics would have thought that our interest rates would have gone higher. And part of it was kind of that position of trust and the centrality of the U.S. in the global economic system. And so we really have led a charmed life from, you know, from the perspective of being able to issue debt at incredibly low rates because we were trusted where other economies just weren't. And, you know, basic, you know, when people went to Economics 101, they would have thought, based on what the U.S. did, that our interest rates would have gone up. Instead, our interest rates went down. And that just goes to the kind of the power and the size of the U.S. economy. However, with a lot of these changes that Trump is imposing, or really just how people are interpreting it, much of this is changing. And so I know a lot of people aren't worried about the, you know, the positioning of U.S. and international trade and getting rid of the Trans-Pacific Partnership, attacking NAFTA, basically telling Europe to go pound sand. People, some people are feeling good about that. Well, what this does, though, is that this is a direct assault on the global economic system that the U.S. Cr- helped to create and also provided the majority of support for. And so this is something that has not been really evaluated by people. But the reality is the more we tell China that, we, that they're our enemy, the more we tell people we're not interested in global trade, you know, they're not waiting for a negotiation. They're starting to divest themselves from the exposure to the U.S. economy. And so back in November, you know, after Trump was elected, China has started to sell the U.S.-based debt. So the government debt, I think about 40% of it is held by international countries, people outside the U.S. Well, what's happened is that China is rapidly reducing its, its holdings of U.S. debt. Japan is also reducing its holdings. And so when people sell debt, what happens is interest rates go up because there's less demand to buy it. And so it's one of the things that we're going to look at in the active investing in Trump's new world is how the markets have reacted and what, that, what the implication is for folks related to interest rates and growth and things like that. Because by, we're basically giving up a lot of the advantage that we've had by pursuing a lot of these policies. And so, you know, there's, there was an article this week you know, where they're basically out there talking about how America's biggest foreign creditors are suddenly having second thoughts about financing the U.S. government. And this is where, this is where you know, understanding the, the, the tax stuff impacts this. Because we've pretty much been able to finance our whole government with, with the bonds that we've been putting out there at relatively low rates. If China kind of gets tired of us picking on them, if Japan kind of gets tired of what we're saying as far as, you know, attacking their, their model, if Mexico just decides, you know what, you don't want us, we'll go do business somewhere else. If we start losing some of this international support, there's going to be fewer people interested in financing our debt. 
And if there's fewer people that want to buy our debt, that means interest rates will need to go up in order to find buyers. And so this is, this is a pr- pretty significant impact on the U.S. based on what's kind of how, the, you know, how things have already started to move and the countries have already started to divest themselves. And so while you know, the tough talk on trade, tough talk on you know, different relationships and global trade relationships sounds good, makes for good headlines, the reality is we're already starting to see the reaction and starting to see that interest rates are, are going to probably start going up. And we'll see to what magnitude. And, you know, then we'll talk about what the impacts are on us as investors and what, and what type of assets get impacted by rising interest rates. Now, I know taxes and interest rates are not the most exciting thing to talk about. However, the things that, we, that impact us every single day, and as, particularly as active investors, it impacts the availability of capital, it impacts our return on capital, and it impacts the opportunities for us based on these changes. And so it's important to see these revolutionary changes because the way, the way things have been done, you know, business as usual right now is no longer usual. And what we have to prepare for is the, the business unusual and prepare for these massive changes that are happening in the global markets that are going to impact us here today. Because there's going to be good opportunities if these changes come through. However, they're not going to be the opportunities that were good last year. And opportunities that were good last year probably won't be good next year. So it's important as an active investor to start kind of owning some of these decisions, taking some understanding of what's going on out there, and figuring out, you know, how can we position ourselves effectively in this new world? The other side of this analysis is that a lot of the negative forces have already been released, right? We've already stated that we're anti-trade, and we've already stated that we're going to attack you know, the free trade agreements. We've stated that we want to have fewer immigrants working here, so we're shrinking our workforce. Those things have already started. So what it does is it's even more incumbent upon Congress to do something with the taxes because we're going to start absorbing the negatives. The negatives are going to start impacting our economy, and it may come in, start as drips, but it will have an impact. So what we need is a corresponding positive so that these things can balance out. Because the reality is we've been in a deflationary environment over the last several years, right? For the last 10 years, we've been in a deflationary environment. So having some inflationary activity is not necessarily all bad. And so part of it is finding kind of the right balance. But if there's no inflationary activity and we've taken steps to increase deflation, you know, based on, <laughs> based on the immigration policies, based on the, you know, anti-trade policies, that's going to have a huge negative impact on us in our economy and also us as business people. And so this is where you really need to give yourself the opportunity to learn how this is, you know, where the opportunities are going to be. And that's why I put together this program, Active Investing in Trump's New World. It's Friday, February 24th, 10 a.m. It's $500, but if you're a member of the Active Investor community, you can roll an 80% discount 
put in the secret code AI when you when you register for this. You go to activeinvestor.us. You can go to Eventbrite and type in Trump's active investing in Tyson's Corner. It's at the at 1595 Spring Hill Road, Vienna, Virginia. But the, the key to this session is we're going to take a hard look at what's really going on and how what's going on in the White House and what's going on inside the Beltway is going to impact us outside the Beltway and impact us as people that are active investors, particularly around the D.C. area, but also out and about in the U.S. economy. And the goal is to provide some fresh thinking because there's really not much out there. You know, the financial advisors are telling people, you know, to keep doing the same thing. Don't make any changes. Um, many other advisors are looking at this as kind of business as usual. But, you know, one of the things we know, if you're paying attention, this is business unusual. Things are changing rapidly, and this is your opportunity to either make get great rewards from taking advantage of the changes going on or become a victim of this change by, by doing nothing. So what I want you to do is, you know, pick your head up, start looking around where are the best opportunities going to be in the near term based on the changes that are happening all around us. And that's where you're going to be able to really take advantage of being an active investor here in the D.C. area. And so go find us at activeinvestor.us and get started down the path of learning how you can take advantage of the opportunities created in Trump's new world as an active investor. Let's shift gears to the startup journal portion of the Active Investor podcast. And every week what we do in this segment is take a look at a startup that I've worked with over the last several years and kind of, you know, the ups and downs of that startup. And because I think it's instructive and it's beneficial for, you know, folks that are looking at investing in companies and working with startups um, and how to avoid some of the pitfalls and how to get the most, you know, the most benefit as you build these businesses. And so the company is known as Ally Homes, and it's basically trying to, you know, renovate America and change the way home renovations are done and bring technology, bring customer service to home renovations, which is a field that is ripe for disruption, ripe for innovation, ripe for opportunity for people that are looking at doing things a little differently. And so right now what Ally Homes does is they're, you know, they've looked at different aspects of this, and what they've done is they've carved out a, an area of refinishing decks. And so if you go to deckready.net, you can see what their products are about. But the primary way that they're meeting people is in helping people that have an existing deck refinish that deck, replace boards that are broken, make it look better, give it stain, varnish, basically make it look like new. Or if you don't have a deck, one of the things that Deck Ready will do is build that deck for you. They also offer a whole range of home renovation services. However, the deckready.net is basically the, the front door. That's the, that's the message that they're going out there to meet people with, and they use content marketing to provide information as well as access and building trust for people. So they're doing a lot of things right. And they started last year in, Bal in the Baltimore area. 
In 2017, they're expanding into suburban Maryland as well as northern Virginia. And so, you know, the, the business continues to grow. The opportunities continue to grow. And part of it is, you know, these successes take time. And they take planning and they take making sure that you're doing things the right way. And so in previous episodes, we've talked about, the, you know, kind of the origin of the idea. And last time we talked about pricing and kind of, the, you know, how they had to make sure that they weren't turning themselves into a commodity right off the bat. And so in this session, we're going to talk about how do you define the focus of your business? And I look at it this way. You want to look at an aspect of some process or an aspect of some business that has, gives people the biggest headache. You know, what is it in your individual business or in your life that people hate to do the most? Because within that area of great headache and great pain is where the opportunity is to become the aspirin to solve that problem. And so what you want to do is take a look at, you know, the, the part where people curse under their breath, the part where people dread or the part that people fear or they just don't like. The aspects of, the bus- of any business transaction or any personal transaction that basically create that friction is where the best opportunities are for disruption. And so in looking at the home remodeling business, you know, Jacob, the founder, had been involved with real estate, home renovations for all of his adult life. And so he recognized that you know, he knew what it was to be a real estate broker, to be a home renovator, to be a house flipper, to be a, a landlord, to do all aspects of the real estate business. And what he knows is it's a high friction business, and particularly in home remodeling, is that the biggest headaches, one is it's hard to hire someone. And if you think about it, there's aspects of our life where it's hard to hire people, and that's where technology comes in to simplify it. You know, if in home remodeling, the traditional approach has been, well, you need to go out and get three quotes. And the way you do that is you, you go to the phone book or the internet, and you call up three places and get three competing bids to make sure that you know, you're getting a good price. And so that's kind of the standard way that people go about it once they decide they want to make a fix. The problem is they don't know who to call, and so they don't really have a trust relationship built up. But also, you know, when they do call those folks, if they're lucky enough to get someone, they can set an appointment, and then half the time the people don't show up for the appointment. So you've already taken time off of work, you're sitting there kind of cooling your heels, and nothing gets done. So that's a huge area of frustration. Another aspect is once people show up, then you know they may, they may or may not give you a quote on site that's relevant to what you're trying to accomplish. I remember a few years ago, actually about 10 years ago now, I was looking at a computer system for one of my businesses. And I was looking for something very simple. You know, a bunch of PCs with a simple network. And I brought in the three companies, and one guy was, you know, came in and then never gave me a quote. Another guy came in and gave me a quote for something that I didn't want. He gave, it was really complicated, it had a rack, it had servers, and all I needed was a PC based network. But, and of course, it was also a lot more expensive, would take a lot more maintenance. 
and it was nothing that I'd asked for. And then the third guy came in and basically said, we can do this, and he was cheaper than everybody else, but more importantly, his, he understood that a simple solution was the way it was what I was looking for. And so that's the company that we chose because they weren't trying to oversell me. They weren't trying to give me something I didn't need. They weren't trying to make things complicated. They made it easy. And in home renovations, it's exactly the same way because there's a danger. You want to do something and all of a sudden you find out that they're trying to sell you 10 different things. And so, you know, Jacob and I figured, you know, that just that opening quote process of simplifying it down, having transparency as to, you know, where price came from and how, you know, how it would be implemented was going to be a breath of fresh air for people. And so, you know, that, that, the first, that was the first headache. And that's something that, you know, it's addressed through many different services because at the time you can get quotes from things like Angie's List and some other, other basically matching services. Um, but it gives, you, it gives you at least a starting point there. But you still don't have any visibility into transparency, where the price comes from, and, you know, having, you know, making sure that you're getting what you're really after. So that was the first headache. The second is that once a home renovation project starts, and no one can really explain this to me, when you, a home renovation project starts, it'll get 90% done, and then all of a sudden the workers never come and finish it, even if they don't get paid until it's completely done. And I think part of it is a lot of the home remodelers want to feel like they're busy, want to feel like they've got a lot of work going on, as opposed to how do I get this done as quickly as possible so I can get paid and move on to my next job. And so it's an odd thing, but it's also, basically, part of the home renovation process is having, you know, visibility. And we want to know when things are going to get done. So it's basically giving some visibility and transparency into the project management aspect of the home renovation project. Also, you know, when is it going to get started? When are people going to show up? You know, one of the great frustrations that we've heard from folks is that they don't know when people are coming. They don't know when people are going to finish. And another part of that is overall, you know, a lot of companies will, you know, take on the work. And so this is, this is rampant in, you know, a lot of the, you know, the, Craig, the Craigslist and the Angie's List and stuff like that, where they basically will hire subcontractors and there's no connection between the person that wrote up the work and the person that completed the work. And there's no real control of the quality of the job. And so one of the things that Jacob and I thought was a second headache was not just transparency into the project, but really overall, you know, transparency into the quality of the work that was done. And so that's been kind of central to how Ally Homes has been structured. And, you know, they do it now with, you know, deckready.net, but they're doing it in a way that, you know, throughout all the process, the goal is to maintain quality control. So that customers, one, will have a better, a better feel because we're trying to create a whole different customer experience for folks and make it so that people are, you know, more, you know, are going to be raving fans at the end, will want to write positive reviews, will want to have good things to say and provide referrals. And because if you have referrals, that makes your marketing significantly less expensive.
And so that's how the business has been structured. But, you know, for you, as you're as someone who's investing in a business, most people don't do enough time thinking about those headaches. You know, I've seen, you know, a lot of companies out there you know, that are looking for money or looking for investors. You know, I'd say 90 to 95 percent of them aren't really solving a real problem. They're not solving a major headache. You know, it might be a nice to have. It might be a me too business where they're trying to copy someone else's business model. But they're not you know, taking a unique look at a major headache. Because, but then the reality is that's where your best opportunities are. You know, the more you look at where's the biggest headache, that's where the biggest reward for you as an active investor is. And so this is where we get into kind of being a student of innovation. But it's also just kind of, you know, just living your life. Because I'm sure there's some aspect of your life that, you know, is not, you know, is not enjoyable. You know, I was just talking to my cousin Rob. And so Rob has been a successful businessman. And he was looking at a business he is had no exposure to, and it was basically a coffee shop. And you know, Rob's largely retired now, but he wants to stay engaged. He got an opportunity for a coffee shop, but the thing that made it attractive to him was that it was a drive-through coffee shop. And he sees that as one of the big headaches in life, is that, you know, who has the time to get out of their car and wait, you know, wait in line for coffee? So to him, that was part of the attraction of this business. It's basically a retirement business for him, but he saw that as a headache that was worthy of aspirin. And so around you every day, whether it's in your office, whether it's driving to work, in some aspect, you know, there's there's a headache out there, and that's what you should wrap your brain around as you start building these business ideas. You know, the more complicated it is, the less likely it is to be successful. And so kind of use that common sense, use that kind of the gut feel of finding out where those headaches are and figure out what aspirin is going to get rid of that for people. And the way we do this is what we're looking for is using an established innovation, something that's worked in one industry and applying it into a new industry. And so with what Jacob's doing with Ally Homes, the idea of getting automated quotes you know, that's something that happens every day on the internet, right? You know, it used to be to buy a car, you had to go in, there was a haggling. Now you go in, you go on the internet, you have your price before you walk into a car dealership. So what they've done is they've eliminated what a lot of people saw as the least enjoyable part of the process. And so that's what Ally Homes is doing for home renovation. The other side on the quality assurance, you know, there's companies that maintain control and give you opportunities to communicate throughout the process. That's how quality assurance is, you know, works. So people have some input and feel like they're part of the process. And so again, Ally Homes is bringing something that's been established in other businesses and applying it to a new business that's ripe for innovation. And so for you as an active investor, that's the type of company you're looking for, is look for a company that has taken finding a big headache taking a proven process from another industry and applying in a new, fresh way. And that's where you're going to get the best opportunities as an active investor. So I want to thank everybody for joining me this week. And, you know, if you want to enjoy the game, you need to understand the rules. So follow me, Chris Kumi, on LinkedIn. Join the Active Investor Group on LinkedIn. 
where we share insights and strategies to become more effective active investors. Also, find us at activeinvestor.us. Join up there. We have blogs, podcasts, webinars, opportunities for you to become active investors and get the most out of this brave new world.